Welcome to the New Day Community Church Sermon Podcast. We hope you're encouraged by this message from the Vandalia, Michigan campus. For more info, look us up at newdaycommunity.org. So today we are continuing our series in called Emotionally Healthy Communities. And hopefully my clicker is going to work. It does. Praise the Lord. And... Uh, Anything on? Yep. Okay, we're good. Uh, and so we're continuing our series called Emotionally Healthy Communities. Um, and today we're talking about principle number four, which is called receiving the gift of limits. And hopefully by the end of this message, we have a better grasp on what we, what we mean by limits and how we can actually learn to practice uh, recognizing our limitations as gifts from God um, and not punishments. So uh, I want to begin by bringing our uh, attention to the Gospel of John. And in John chapter 17, verse 4, uh, Jesus, in his, one of his final prayers before going to the cross, says this, in, 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 right in the middle of his prayer, he says, I have brought you glory on earth by finishing the work that you gave me to do. And so Jesus, at the end of his earthly ministry, right before going to the cross, tells the Father, I have completed, I've finished what it is that you have called me to do. And we see in the person of Jesus, in his humanity, and I'm talking specifically about Jesus in his humanity, right? Jesus didn't uh, heal every person around, Right? He healed many people, the people that he came into contact with, and he healed, he did heal. But even we see it in, as he's walking through the, the crowd and the woman touches the hem of his garment, he heals her. Uh, but there's many others that are probably in that crowd that were not healed. Um, we see that Jesus did not eat dinner with every person. Uh, like he did with Zacchaeus. Jesus, on his way through Jericho, the streets lined with hundreds and hundreds of people, he spies one guy up in a tree and says, hey, Zacchaeus, today I'm going to eat dinner with you. Right? Jesus, uh, though he did go to Egypt, he did not go to most of Africa, he did not go to Asia, he did not go to Australia, he did not go to the North America or South America, and so in his humanity, he lived within his own limits. And we see even in the midst of his ministry, where in Capernaum, at the first uh, part of the Gospel of Mark, that things are going on, he's healing and casting out demons, and then he's like, I need to get away by myself to recharge. And so we see Jesus in his humanity recognized his own limits and yet at the end of his ministry says that he's finished what God has called him to do. And so if Jesus in his humanity needs to practice his own limits, I think that we should follow in his example and learn to recognize what our limits are and to to practice those. So if you want to turn with me uh, to the Gospel of Matthew, our text for today is found in Matthew 25, starting in verse 14. It is the parable of the, uh, the talents, or in the NIV, the bags of gold. And so, Jesus says, the kingdom of God, uh, again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one he gave five bags of gold, 
to another two bags, and to another one bag, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. The man who had received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work and gained five bags more. So also the, man, uh, the one with two bags of gold gained two more. But the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I have gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man with two bags of gold also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two bags of gold. See, I have gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Then the man who had received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I knew that you are a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and went out and hid your gold in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. His master replied, You wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed? Well, then you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, you would, re you would have received it back with interest. So take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has ten bags. For whoever has will be given more, and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. And throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And so there's a, a lot going on in this parable. And what we see and what we want to focus on today is that God, apparently, gives different capacities to different people. We saw in verse 15 there that the master gave five bags to one, two bags to another, one bag of gold to another, each according to his ability. So we're all receiving different amounts, different capacities. But emotionally healthy people do not live in comparison to others. But emotionally healthy people are content with that which the Lord has given them. Right? And sometimes it can feel like uh, God is giving arbitrarily different, you know, he's given all these other people much better talents or more gifts or more abilities or whatever. But as we look at what a, a talent was, in many translations you'll see instead of bags of gold, it's talking about a talent. And Dr. David Turner, uh, in his Matthew commentary, his best estimation is that one bag of gold or one talent was the equivalent of 19 years worth of a worker's wages. And so even the guy that merely got one bag of gold or one talent had an incredible amount, an incredible opportunity with which to be a blessing to his master. Right? And so even one talent guy has been given an opportunity and he should have stepped into it. Right? He should have gone beyond what he thought he could do. And so in the midst of this teaching on limits, there's really 
kind of two sides of the story, right? We want to live within our limits, extending our limits, as we're going to see in a little bit, uh, leads to burnout and stress and failure. But what one talent guy or one bag of gold guy did is he lived far below his limits, not trusting uh, or not doing what his master called him to do. Perhaps part of that was because he was living in comparison to two bags and five bags guy. Like, I don't have anything compared to that. What can I do with this mere one bag? And so instead of doing anything, he just hid it, right? But the master didn't expect him to make two bags with his one or even five bags with his one bag, right? He was just supposed to just do something. Right? Just to be faithful with what he had. And I think had he done what the master said and just put it on deposit in the bank and the master comes back and says, hey, master, look, here's a quarter, 25% more than, than you gave me. The master would have said, well done, good and faithful servant. Come and join me in your master's happiness. Right? And so we have been called not to live in hiding and not to, to live, you know, not doing anything, but we are to recognize what gifts and capacities, abilities God has given us and to step into that. But it's important that we don't live in comparison to other people on other stages and other uh, opportunities in, in their lives. Right? And so there's two kind of sides of the story, but we're going to be mostly focusing on the side of not living beyond our limits. All right? So that's what we're going to be looking at predominantly. And if we can stop living in comparison and living uh, with these unhealthy needs to, to live up to other people's or our own uh, healthy expectation, unhealthy expectations, right? We actually find that these limits in our lives are actually our friends. Uh, limits help us to stay in our lane. They help us to recognize what it is that God has called us to. When we recognize our limits or our, our boundaries, we know where we should say yes and where we should say no. Right? It keeps us from overextending ourselves so that that which we are called to do, we can, call, we can do effectively. There is a Christian author, educator, and uh, activist. His name was Parker Palmer. And he was relatively famous in certain spheres. And at one point, he was invited to, be, uh, to become the president of, of, of a Bible college, which is a very uh, a big honor for him. And so in his wisdom, he got his friends together uh, and some people whose counsel he trusted and, and asked them, you know, is this something that I should do? Is this something that I should run after? And one of his friends said, uh, well, what is it that you would like about being the president of, uh, of a college? And Parker Palmer's response was, well, I, I wouldn't like having to, to give up writing and I wouldn't like to have to give up teaching. His friend says, okay, great. Well, what is it that you would like about being the president of the college? Parker Palmer responds, I, I wouldn't like the politics. I wouldn't like giving up my summer vacations. And so the guy once again says, okay, that's great, but what is it that you would like about being the president of the college? And he's like, well, I certainly don't want to have to wear a suit and tie every day. And at that point, uh, Palmer kind of gets it. The light bulb comes on. 
And he says, I guess what I'd most like is getting my picture in the paper with the word president underneath. <laughs> right? And I think that many of us can, you know, can understand that. You know? I, I've done the very same thing. When, when Amber and I were uh, newly married, we were probably married between, I don't know, six months and a year because we still lived at married housing at Western Michigan University. Uh, I remember, uh, I think it was Pastor Cameron, uh, asked Dave Borsma, fantastic, amazing Dave Borsma, who now attends New Day South Carolina, uh, asked Dave to be the youth leader. And I was so upset. I was so irritated. I was like, Amber, I cannot believe that, that Cameron asked Dave to be the youth leader. Amber's like, well, I've never heard you talk about the youth group, and you've never expressed any interest in, in leading the youth group. And I'm like, well, no, I don't want to have anything to do with the youth group, but I want to be asked. Right? And like, I just wanted the prestige or the honor of that. And I probably would have done it. Uh, if I'd been asked, though it probably wouldn't have lasted very long and I probably wouldn't have done a very good job at it, right? So we, all, we often want to live beyond what God has called us to and what God has gifted us to do. There is a, a rabbi, his name is Zusia, Rabbi Zusia, and he has a, a famous saying, and he said, in the coming world, they will not ask me, why were you not Moses? They will ask me, why were you not Zeusia? I just think that can be powerful, right? How many of us want to try to be somebody else that, we, that is in our family or in our church or our sphere of influence or somebody that we see on TV and we assume like, oh, to be successful means I have to look like this. My, I have to have a family that looks like this or does these things, right? Or uh, if to be successful, I need to have this much in my bank account or drive this car or whatever it is, right? And some of us, we just need to recognize that, man, we are amazing, right? And we don't have to be somebody else, right? We are just called to be ourselves and to steward the, the gifts and the abilities and the capacities that God has given us in the spheres of influence that he has placed us. And so we need to learn to live not in comparison, but comfortably within our limits, being grateful for that which God has given us. So as we continue to move on, I thought it would be good to define limits, since I've said limit about 700 times already in the first half of this message. And a, a limit, the definition, is a point or level beyond which something does not or may not extend or pass. This is a boundary, the furthest extent of one's physical or mental endurance. Right? We all have different physical uh, capacities. Right? Many of us who are older are not able to do all the things that we were able to do when we were younger. That is a limit, but it's okay. Right? We can embrace that limit. Some of us have uh, different mental capacities, though we, we like to ignore that. The, the reality is I always want to be the smartest person in the room, and the reality is I'm rarely the smartest person in the room. I'm often one of the people in the room, but rarely the smartest people in the room, right? And so it's just 
I'm not dumb by any stretch of the imagination, right? But it's just like, I want to be impressive and I want to look like this professor or I want to be like this guy who wrote this book that's super smart or this person who has a photographic memory that remembers every word he's ever read and what book it came from and what page it was on, right? That's just not going to be me. Uh, Second, a restriction or a limit is a restriction on the size or amount of something permissible or possible. It's a maximum, a speed limit, right? This, this sort of a limit keeps us safe. It keeps us, without, uh, keeps us from breaking down or getting into accidents in, in the case of the speed limit. And so when we recognize limits as good things, we learn that emotionally healthy people understand that uh, they understand the limits God has given them and they joyfully receive the one, two, seven, or ten talents that they have been so graciously given by God. Right? An emotionally healthy person is not trying to live a life that God never intended for them. Right? If you're a, a married person, you cannot live as if you are a single person. As we'll see later, marriage is a limit, but it is a good limit. If we have kids, we can't live like we don't have kids. Kids are a, a limit, and it, it focuses where our attention needs to be, and those are good things. So when we learn to, to recognize our boundaries, our limits, what it is that God has given us and called, to, called us to, we see that as we em- embrace those things, our lives are marked by contentment and joy. Right? It's way easier to just be yourself, right, than to try to be somebody else. It takes so much time and energy and effort to try to be somebody else. And early in, especially in early in my, my ministry, my, my life was not marked by this idea of contentment. I was living uh, feeling this need to be someone better than me. I was surrounded by incredible pastors and leaders that from my perspective, in many ways, are much better than me and we be much better suited to, to meet these different needs that I was called to meet. And so in my life or in my sermon preparation, I tried to be more like Pastor Cameron, right? Maybe if I carry myself with that kind of confidence, right? Or uh, to preach like he preaches or to preach like Pastor Anthony. I remember one uh, week I was preparing a sermon and I, I knew what I wanted to talk about and I knew that Andy Stanley had given a message about that in, in the past. And so I literally watched Andy Stanley's message multiple times, taking notes, outlining his sermon, and just trying to give this Andy Stanley message. And guess what? I'm a terrible Andy Stanley. I just can't be him. And but what I've found is that I'm a great Mark Morris, and I have gifts and talents and abilities that, that other people don't, and that is okay. And I can comfortably and confidently be me and trust that God has put me in this position, in this place, on purpose. Right? And each one of us can recognize the same thing, right? that you were put in your situation, in your sphere of influence, in your family, in your workplace, in your sphere, on purpose. Right? You aren't second string or third string. 
It's not like God is like, man, everybody else said no, so I'm going to have Mark come and do this thing, right? No, you were called and empowered through the Holy Spirit to do what you, where, to do what you have been called to do in the place you have been called to do it, right? And so we all want to learn to be ourselves and to uh, enjoy who we are, who God has made us. And in that, we find so much peace and so much freedom. And so as I look at other pastors who have other great capacities, yeah, that, those are great. And I learn from them. I can get tips, but I don't have to try to be them. I recognize what I've been called to be. I think that learning to understand, learning to respect our boundaries is probably one of the most important characteristics for a, a leader that wants to lead for the long term. Right? If we want to run after Jesus, not for just a month or a year or two years, right? if we want to run after Jesus and be impactful for his kingdom for the long haul, we need to recognize who we are and work within our own limits and our boundaries. In the midst of that, we recognize that limits are a gift from the hand of God. Right? One talent is not a punishment but it is a gift. And we recognize that limits are our friends. They keep us grounded. They keep us protected like a fenced-in yard that protects our kids. We know that this is what I'm called to do. This is where I say yes. And many of us have been called to do ministry here in Cass County, here in Vandalia or, or Jones, right? And it doesn't mean that we don't care what's happening in Kalamazoo or St. Joe or Grand Rapids, uh, but we know that this is our yard, right? This is where we are called to do ministry. And so we will live lives of self-sacrifice and humble service in our community, knowing that this is where God has called us. And when we recognize that, that's actually freeing. It's actually freeing. So when we get an opportunity, right, like say, hey, Mark, will you come lead this revival service up in northern Michigan? I can look at that opportunity and go, all right, how is this going to affect the limits and the boundaries, the, the calling that I have in my life? Man, it's going to be, it's a great opportunity, but it's going, to, it's going to be too challenging, right? I'm going to have to pull back on this ministry, pull back on this situation with my family or whatever. And so I know, even though it's a great opportunity, I can say no to it, even though it's probably a very good thing. So recognizing our boundaries and our limits is freeing. There was a, a time, another time when Amber and I were young married, we were leading the the children's ministry at, at New Day Nichols. And Amber and I had no grasp of limits and boundaries. Uh, we, in our uh, personalities, want to be impressive. We want everybody to like us. We want everybody to think that we can handle anything and everything that gets thrown at us. Uh, another limit that we had was that we were incapable of asking for help. Uh, and so we were newly married. We were young and inexperienced, um, probably dumb, young and dumb. That's another limit that we had. Uh, and, and so we were leading children's ministry, and we did it every week, and we tried to have these big programs, and we tried to do all this great stuff, and we just got more stressed out and more stressed out. You know, our 
as our family grew, they needed more attention, and we're trying to balance jobs and kids, and we just got burnt out. And I remember sitting up sometime between 2 a.m. and 3 a.m. in the morning and sitting at the, the computer at our house on Sprinkle Road and emailing Cameron saying, I quit children's ministry and I quit the church. <laughs> and I pray that I, as a, as a pastor now, never get a 2 a.m. email from one of my congregation members quitting everything. Uh, and so pretty quickly after that email got sent out the next day, Amber and I had a meeting with Cameron. And he, we, we sat down, we're just like, we're stressed out, we can't do it, we're, we're leaving. And he, in his wisdom, said, you know, it's probably, it'd be fine, you could go, you know, there's nothing forcing you to, to stay here, but you recognize that this issue is just going to follow you to the next church, and when you get burnt out and stressed out there, and you quit, and you go to the next church, it's going to follow you there. So how about instead of just immediately leaving, let's put on some limits and some time of rest. Let's learn to deal with your issues so that you can actually run after Jesus well for the long haul. And so obviously here I am 25 years later, still uh, working with Cameron and now employed uh, full-time at, at New Day Community Church. And when I was doing my interview to get hired, one of the, I remember Cameron asking me the question, are you going to quit on me in the middle of the night? And I said, probably not. So, so far so good. Uh, but we have, we have learned to, to practice our, our limits and to, to practice self-care so that we don't get into that overwhelmed, burned out, stressed out scenario. So as we wrap up here, what I want to do is help us as a community to learn how do we practice principle number four, receiving the gift of limits. How do we actually do this? Hopefully, uh, you, through this message, have recognized that limits are, are good and that they are beneficial for us. So how do we figure out what those limits are? Well, uh, first, we need to learn to discern them by taking time to uh, evaluate ourselves. And just like every other principle in, in emotionally healthy communities, these things take time and they take energy to actually practice. Right? Sitting here listening to the message is not enough to move you forward in emotional health. We need to do the, take the time and the energy to look beneath the surface to recognize what's going on in our hearts and in our lives so that we can step towards uh, spiritual and emotional maturity. So the first thing we want to do is look at our personality. And there's a lot of ways that we can do this. Uh, the Enneagram is super hot right now. Right? I am an, an Enneagram 3, uh, and so my motivation a lot of great people are Enneagram 3s. And, and so our, uh, our motivation is often to, to look impressive and to accomplish things, to achieve things. And, and so I need to learn to, to recognize that and so that I can go, is this am I saying yes to this opportunity because it's what I'm called to do? Or am I saying yes because Pastor Cameron's going to think I'm awesome when I finish it? Right? Uh, other ways to look at it, there's the strengths finder is another thing, the, uh, the disc test. Um, there's the, you know, just are you an introvert or an extrovert, right? And learning to recognize the, the limits of, of both of those. An introvert cannot uh, just 
look up to an extrovert and go, I need to be like that in order to be successful or to be, uh, uh, to be content or happy, right? You just have to learn to embrace how, you know what, I'm an introvert. That means I need some time uh, to be contemplative or to be quiet. Just learning to recognize those limits. So what in your personality is a limit? Also, you want to look at your season of life. Right? Maybe you are just a kid, you know, you're 12 years old, you don't have a job, you have no income, that is a limit, and that is okay. Right? Maybe you are uh, a young adult and you are grappling with, how do I move forward in my life? I'm balancing a, a job, and do I go to school, or do I do, you know, go into this trade? And, and just recognizing that those things are, are limits. You can't do everything. Right? But you can step into what God has called you into, and we recognize that that is a limit. Maybe you're an empty nester. Your kids are, are gone now. Your limits have now changed. Maybe you have more freedom than you, you did before. Uh, or you're aging. You're unable to do physically all the things you were able to do before. What's your season of life? Se- uh, third, look at your life situation. Uh, remember, marriage is a limit. Um, Paul, I'll just turn to this, Paul in 1 Corinthians 7 says, 1 Corinthians 7, 32, he says, I would like you to be free from concern. An unmarried man is concerned about the Lord's affairs, how he can please the Lord. But a married man is concerned about the affairs of this world, how he can please his wife, and his interests are divided. And so we see that right there from, from Paul that marriage is a limit, but it is a good limit, and it's okay to recognize that maybe you can't uh, serve to the level or the capacity that you could before you got married. Uh, also, if you're single, that is a different kind of a limit. Uh, children, if you have kids, you know they're a limit, right? But they're good. We just have to recognize that, they, that that is going to keep us from doing all that maybe we want to do in this season of our life. If you have aging parents that take time uh, to take care of, that is going to be a big limit for you. Next, look at your own emotional, physical, and intellectual capacities. Right? We all uh, have certain physical Uh, capacities that we can't go beyond. We need to recognize that we need rhythms of rest and recuperation. We need margin in, or we need space in our calendars. I encourage everybody to try, if it's possible for them, and I would say it mostly is, to practice the Sabbath, uh, a day of, of rest, a day of delighting in God. Right? And so we can work very, very hard for six days and then take that, that seventh day to, to rest and to recharge and to delight in God. So what are your emotional, physical, or intellectual capacities? Also, you want to look at your difficult emotions. Uh, if anger or depression or rage uh, are bubbling up in you, right? You might want to pay attention to, all right, what is, what is causing this? What is going on? Recognize that's probably a limit that needs to be dealt with so that you can bring those things under control or through the help of the Holy Spirit, you can bring those things under control. And then finally, look at the scars and the wounds from your family past. So practice these things. Look at... Uh, 
these, one, two, three, four, five, six different categories, and there be maybe more. Uh, there certainly are more things that you want to consider for your own lives. But I encourage you to go, what are three limits in my life right now? And this is something that we can discuss as community groups, uh, virtually, <laughs> or through text or email. Uh, if you have meet somebody for coffee, you can discuss these. What are three limits in my, my life right now? And as, as we do that, the, the next thing I want to encourage us to do is to, to learn to recognize when it is that we are off-center. Right? If we are very, very anxious, constantly rushing or hurrying, our, our body is in a knot, we're trying to accomplish too many things, uh, maybe our, our, we can't sleep, our mind uh, won't stop racing. Uh, if we're constantly uh, driving over the speed limit, rushing too fast to get from one appointment to the next, and we're consistently late to every meeting, uh, you might have too much going on in your life, and you might have, be living beyond your limits. If you're not able to be fully present with people, you're just waiting for them to get out of your sight so that you can accomplish your tasks, you might have too much on your plate. Uh, if you are irritable about simple tasks in life, like having to wait in line at the supermarket, that's very applicable in, in this time and age. I probably stood in the grocery store line for like 50 minutes a couple days ago trying to buy some necessities, and it's crazy. Uh, or if we are skimming over our time with God, I know for me, in seasons of busyness, living extended beyond my limits, I'm, it's, I'm quick to go, I can skip my quiet time today. I'll, I'll catch up on that tomorrow or whatever. Um, and so we want to just look at these things, recognize what's going on in our lives that might identify that we are living beyond our limits. Right? And so the next steps that you can talk about uh, with your community groups or with friends and family, identify your limits and boundaries. I encourage you to find three. Practice saying no. When you know your boundaries and your limits, you know what you can say yes to and what you can say no to. Children's ministry is not something you can say no to. Just kidding. <laughs> That's a joke. You can. Um, and encourage you to schedule and practice spiritual rhythms, daily uh, times of being with the Lord and practicing a weekly Sabbath. Uh, and I think if we practice these things, we talk about them as we work through them, we'll find that as a community, we will be more emotionally healthy, more spiritually healthy, and we're going to do a much better job of bearing witness of Jesus in our families, in our communities, and to our entire world. So would you join me as I close in prayer? Father God, we love you. Lord, we thank you just for the gift of limits, Lord, and I pray that even in this time as the, the coronavirus situation is, uh, is what our reality is right now, that that is a limit, that we maybe are going to stay home more than we expected to. And Lord, I pray that we would even take time to see this as a sacred opportunity to draw close to you, to en encounter you, to, to love our friends and family and communities better. Lord, we thank you uh, for what you are doing. We ask for your continued protection on each one of us in our community as we walk through these difficult times. We just bless uh, the, the medical institutions. Lord, we bless the, the governments and the leaders again. Pray that you would just give them wisdom and courage to, to lead well in these difficult times. 
Lord, and we trust you and we love you and we give you honor. In your name we pray, amen. All right, I think that that is... That is it. So thank you so much for joining us for our first live stream at New Day Community Church. And if you have any prayer requests, you can reach out to me or you can send those to uh, vprayer at newdaycommunity.org. That's V is in Vandalia, vprayer at newdaycommunity.org. And we as a church uh, will be uh, praying for you guys. So we love you, bless you, have a fantastic Sunday.